Welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to have conversations that can be used as a resource to create a solid ground to stand on when walking through life with Jesus in an ever-changing world. This is the Solid Ground Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Solid Ground Podcast. You are here with Noah, joined with Tony. Uh, Tony, what is the uh, best thing that happened to you this weekend? The best thing that happened to me this weekend, I'm trying to remember. It feels like it was so long ago. Um, I loved playing with my kids. Yeah. Uh, playing with my kids is the greatest thing. In fact, right now, Listeners, you cannot see this, but I have a scratch on my nose. Mm. That is a that's a mm. it's a war wound. It's a war wound. Yeah. What from, what game was that? It was everyone. Actually, what it was <laughs> uh, something I play called tummy inspection. So I I'll, <laughs> I'll put my ear and listen to their to to the mm. belly and then see like if anything's wrong and then do the you know blow yeah. up. And in the in the act of like trying to get me on mm. and laughing and stuff, I was. Sliced with a with a mm. rogue fin- fingernail. So, yeah, tough. Those inspections are dangerous. They are. Those Glad you made inspections. it out alive. They're they're right. they're tough. There's nothing cuter than hearing a two year old say, "You know, Daddy, let's play tummy inspection." <laughs> <laughs> tummy inspection. Huh. But no, uh, yeah, hanging out with my family and my kids and my wife. Those are always the highlights of my my weeks weekends. Along with church, I love church. church I love our I love our church. How I, about you? I hope you love church. Um, it was good. Uh, went to Lake Tahoe, which was great. So you already had a ready-made answer. Uh, sure. Yeah, Tahoe was great. <laughs> Stayed at a cabin up there, um, with some friends, uh, and my fiance, and it was great. It was it was awesome. Got to spend some time at the lake. Never been up to Tahoe. Well, I think I had, but like I was like, Are you here. outdoorsy? Uh, I would categorize myself as outdoorsy. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a good go. place to be. Then it's a great place to be. Um, so yeah, so that's what we were doing this weekend, but what we're talking about today, uh, Tony is, I wanted to ask the question, why Protestantism? Mm. Tough word to say for me right now. That's, that's awesome. I love this topic. I don't know if anyone else will, but I love it. But we're going to enjoy talking about it. We've already talked about how the podcast is for us. Yeah, it's, it's really just for us. You know, it's just for us to talk. (laughs) So I want to I want to know the question. So you know we take a look at you know church history and 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 most of it obviously is following Catholicism, right? Or what you know would be deemed as the Catholic Church. Um, so why where where do we even get Protestantism, right? Where where does that divide happen? Why do we choose to be it? Like we are a Protestant church, right? One of the branches, Ben and I, brother, but it's all under the Protestant umbrella. Um, so where where does that even divide happen? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to to gather my thoughts so I'm mm. concise so yeah, that I don't start good. talking and and then uh, you know 30 minutes later, yeah, Noah says, "See you guys later." <laughs> um, so it all starts right with, with John 17. You have Jesus' prayer uh, with the disciples, and in his prayer, he prays that we would be one, that mm-hmm. the church would be one as Jesus and the Father are one. Now, Jesus and the Father are one. Right? Yeah. They're, 
they're as united as united can be. They uh, they share the same essence, the same nature, right? So they are utterly one. So he prays that kind of kind of essential unity mm-hmm. over the church. Now, we can look around today and, and be like, well, I wouldn't describe us as one. Yeah. Right? Not only are there a, a tons of denominations, right? There's Roman Catholicism. There's there's the Orthodox churches in the East, mm-hmm. Greek, Russian Orthodox. Um, uh, there's other older churches uh, in the Middle East, um, in Egypt and places like that. There's a whole all kinds of Protestant denominations uh, where Mennonite brethren, other Anabaptist groups. There's the Baptists, Southern Baptists. There's Pentecostals and various Pentecostal mm-hmm. groups. There's uh, Presbyterians and other Reformed groups. And uh, there's all kinds, I mean, Anglicans. There's so, so many different kinds, right? Uh, a whole smorgasbord of yeah. churches to choose from. So why, why Protestant? If God... If Jesus prayed that we would be one, why wouldn't we just remain one with the earlier churches? Right. I think that's a valid question. And uh, I think historically is one of the key reasons for why not. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... So you, you referenced earlier that the majority of the history of the church has been Roman Catholic. And to an extent, that's true, for sure. It's not how the church started, right? The, yeah. the church in its earliest beginnings was not this centralized thing where one hope... Uh, you know, uh, the vicar of Christ, as right. he's called, kind of makes, speaks for the church. And what he says, uh, theologically at least, is stands for the church. That is a historical development. That is not present at the beginning of the church. It's not present even for a couple centuries mm-hmm. into the history of the church. That takes some time to develop. So the Roman Catholic Church itself doesn't have a, a hold on on, uh, you know, what the connection to the early church, it, it attempts to, which is a, a good attempt. Every Christian church should attempt to tie itself in some way back to the apostolic teaching, right? Because right. that's what, what all of our ministry is based on. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Catholics, Roman Catholics, as, as great as they are, don't have a, a hold on that. And as, especially historically over time, as things develop, there's lots of really good stuff with Roman Catholics. Roman Catholic doctrine of God is excellent. Mm-hmm. It will not steer you wrong if you read a Roman Catholic on the doctrine of God, which I think is the most important right. thing to know and to believe who God is. But over time, certain things developed, which from our vantage point, we would say these seem like they've gone beyond what the Bible says for what mm-hmm. the church should be doing and what we should believe. Um, for the Protestant Reformation, which starts the whole thing, Mm-hmm. For Protestants, um, I should say, there is an earlier schism, right, with the Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox. So we're just thinking from a purely Western sense, yeah, like of course. Europe and and the United States kind of thing. Um, the thing that brings that about is indulgences. Mm-hmm. So there was this idea that when you die, and this is something that developed over time historically, when you die, you you don't just go straight to heaven. If you're a Christian, you need to purge your sins yeah in in purgatory and so what you could do is what indulgences were where you you'd pay for like basically a sheet of paper Mm -hmm. that would uh go toward it would be merit going toward someone who's in purgatory making their stay in purgatory not last quite as long yeah um so you can see why people would do that if you believe that but also you can also pretty easily see that this would be abused Right. And it certainly was, right? This guys would have jingles 
like get to, the easy pass in purgatory. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the jingles was, for every time a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. So this is like traveling salesmen, right? Like, give us money and we'll make sure these people get out of purgatory more quickly. And by the way, they'll use this money to build beautiful churches like St. Peter's, mm-hmm. right? Which is built on, on this sort of thing. So people like Martin Luther and others, even Roman Catholics thought, this is, this is not great. Um, and so the Protestant Reformation begins. Then you get into discussions about what does it mean to be justified? Uh, how do works play into this? And the, these, these remain real divisions, uh, yeah. real divides between Protestants, most Protestants, and most Roman Catholics. There have been a lot of really good efforts to find some kind of common ground between Roman Catholics and some Protestants, which, uh, because Jesus says we should be one, is he and the Father are one, I, I am for efforts to come together. Um, but I think there remains a, a pretty stark difference in understanding on what it means that God justifies us, right? What it, what it means that how we're, how we're justified. Do we contribute anything to that? And I would say, no, we do not. Right. And so these remain divisions. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, his, it's a historical development mm-hmm. that happens. And the reasons why it happens is because of what we believe. Uh, one of my favorite, and I'll end with this before I go back mm-hmm. to you, is uh, there's a... Um, Pelican. I think his first name is Yaroslav Pelican. He's this uh, theologian, church mm-hmm. historian, ta- writing about the Reformation, and he calls it a tragic necessity. Mm-hmm. And I love that way of, of thinking about the Reformation and the re- and Protestantism generally. It's tragic mm-hmm. that the church isn't one. It really is. We should be one. Uh, we should be one in Christ. That's what mm-hmm. Jesus prayed. That's We have everything that we need in the scriptures to be one. We should be one. It's tragic that we're not. But better to be separate and hold to what our consciences say is right mm-hmm. as we believe them from the scriptures than to say these things are not important. Mm-hmm. It's a necessity. Right? It's important uh, how we think about purgatory, if we think it's re- real or not, which I don't. It's important what we believe about justification, how we're saved, how we're made mm-hmm. right with God. It's important what we believe about baptism and the Lord's Supper, all these things Tragic that we can't be one around them, but even worse would be being one because we're just ignoring yeah. what we really think about things. And so that's why, that's why this has come about. And that's why I think it remains. And I really think the best way forward is not to kind of be wishy-washy and try to come together based on, you know, uh-huh. nothing, uh, but to hold firm to our principles and in holding firm to what we believe is right as we see it in the scriptures as as the Holy Spirit leads us, then we can still have, we can still come together with different yeah. groups. Uh, but I think that's, yeah, now I'm starting to ramble. Yeah. Noah, why are you a Protestant? Why am I a Protestant? That's a great question. Um, surely because of indulgences? Yeah. Surely because that's what I want. Uh, no, I mean, I, I feel like I, I have an interesting history uh, growing up. Um, my dad got very into uh, Messianic Judaism. So I was actually mm. raised following those kind of practices up until I was about like 13. Um, and then I was actually in a Catholic school in Utah surrounded by Mormons and I came out Protestant. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, lot, there's as a lot it of happens. things. Yeah. Um, but I think really what it, what it comes down to is the, the emphasis uh, really on the Bible and having a firm understanding for yourself, I think, on, on the Bible. Because I know 
um, when you take a look at a lot of a lot of Catholics that come out, uh, I mean, with my personal experience of Catholic school, uh, a lot of people come out with uh, maybe a, a great head knowledge, but not really a good uh, understanding of who God actually is as like a relationship figure. Um, because when it comes to a lot of the, the Catholic practices, um, while some of them are actually very good, uh, when you take out the actual understanding part of it, uh, and it's just a practice, you actually, I think, lose most of what the actual gusto of all these practices are, and they just become uh, mainly religious. And so, um, not that religion's bad, because obviously, you know, Protestantism is still religion, but it's it's that without the actual fervor of the relationship with, with God. And so, uh, what I've seen as I was in Catholic school is that I didn't really see any relationship, but when I was surrounded by a uh, community that was Protestant, uh, I actually found uh, a firm understanding of who Jesus was in relationship to him. Uh, and I'm not saying that if you're a Catholic, you have no idea what your relationship is. Where I know many Catholics that have a very strong relationship with the Lord. Um, but also the understanding of the firmness of the Bible and what it has to say, um, even though church history is important, but the absolute just basis that the Bible is in our life and how it influences um, I think is really the the solid ground that you get to stand on because you get to stand on the solid ground. Hey, hey, hey there's the first time yes. I've used the name organically. You're darn right. There we go. You're darn right. We stand on that solid ground. Yeah, we stand on that solid ground, which Heck is yeah. the the teachings and the word of Jesus. Um, and that's really where we should be basing everything off of. What did he say? What did he do? Uh, how did he instruct? And obviously that that bleeds into what the apostles did in in, in church history, and that's still important to observe. But really, if we're we're rooting what the basis is, it should be on what Jesus said, and which is what we find in the Bible, and that the Bible uh, is to be read and understood and interpreted through the Holy Spirit by myself, and not just another priest, and you know those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I chose that. I I I totally agree with all of that. But I also want to, in fairness, yeah. to Roman Catholics, to kind of channel. Uh, what might be some, uh, what might be a rebuttal, which one thing I'm thinking about is, especially as you, you relate uh, in your experience, Roman Catholics that you know have had really good head, head knowledge, right? Because mm. Catholic Church is a pretty good job of catechesis, right? Of, of teaching yeah. and, and learning and you're, you're memorizing creeds and, and the catechism and answers to questions and stuff like that. And I actually think that's all really good. Mm. Um, but that the, the, the knowledge hasn't, isn't deeply felt it's a it's a knowledge about and not not a knowledge of. Mm -hmm. um, where it, whereas as Protestants, right, we're all called to go to the Bible, go to the Scriptures, and and come uh, come to understand the gospel mm -hmm. as as you go to it. A, a Roman Catholic response might be, if you do such a thing, kind of untethered mm -hmm. from the church or the community, it leads individuals can read the same thing in a whole bunch of different ways, right, and then. And that's how you get a million denominations and right. and Protestants who maybe have this feeling of knowing God, but really don't know a ton about God. <laughs> really, really couldn't tell you uh, who God is, uh, which isn't Protestants I know, but I'm sure there's Protestants out there who who are like that. But so a, a Roman Catholic rebuttal might be: Does this not then give you the danger of you're just untethered and you're just out there with your own? 
way of thinking and your own interpretation and my interpretation's king, um, kind of just leading me off mm. into no man's land, really disconnected from the body of Christ. So, no, as someone who's encountered Roman Catholics and as someone who's with young adults today, mm. people who may be thinking about, you know, joining the Protestant camp or maybe mm. thinking about, I really like the tradition and whatever of Roman Catholicism. Yeah. What would what might you say to something like to a concern like that? Yeah, I think I think it is important uh, when doing anything as you do it in community with yeah. uh, the s- earnest seeking of accountability. Um, I think one of the one of the great things is that it's it's uh, a personal responsibility to almost check yourself. Um, like this morning I was, you know, I was late to record the podcast because I was with a young adult who was asking lots of great questions and was like, Hey, like I read this and I would, I would like to know, (laughs) I'd like to know what you think about it and like what, what it says. I'm not quite sure. And I was able to walk through and be like, this is what it says. This is what the meaning is. This is that, um, and confirm with him. And so, um, if we're following what Jesus says, which is what all believers should be doing as, you know, best of our ability, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to step into community spaces with people that have really taken time to learn the text, really taken time to, to study it and do all these things and actually receive accountability. Um, and that's a part of discipleship, which if you are following Jesus and you're following those things, you're going to find someone to also follow who's following Jesus, you know, where, you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, Right to where you're going to have someone that can actually give you more information on that. And you're not just untethered coming up with all of your, your own understanding. Um, you actually do have a tether to someone who's responsible, who another person is responsible for them and for them and for them, you know, it it keeps on going, um, to where, you know, that's really what we see is people are holding each other accountable of, no, that's not what that means. Actually, uh, let's take another look. Let's do these things. And there's room for disagreements within that, as long as we're we're based in the core of what we really yeah. know, the essentials of the gospel. Um, there's there's areas that have room for disagreement where, well, you know, I really could interpret it this way, and I feel like there's actual biblical understanding to support those things, mm-hmm. right? And that's where we see a lot of different divides in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I know people. I actually had a roommate in college that he uh, started out Catholic. And then he got his biblical studies degree at GCU. And uh, during majority of that time, he was Protestant. And then he actually converted to Eastern Orthodox. Mm. So he, he hit the, the, the three big ones, right? Um, and uh, he loves the Lord. He is yeah. you know, fervently following the Lord. And so you know, we wouldn't agree on, on everything. But on, on the course, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we agree. We're together. We you know, break bread together. We have you know, good conversation together, um, and we love each other. And so uh, that's where you see, you know, there's, I, I, you know, subscribe to Protestantism wholeheartedly, um, but I see that there is there is room for us to be united even in our disagreements as long as we're focused on the core beliefs. But I see Protestantism as, uh, I think, the most intuitive way for me to where you're taking responsibility. And we have to place responsibility on believers of you're going to pursue those things and you're going to do that and you're going to seek discipleship and you're going to do all those things. And it it places a responsibility on the person that it's your relationship with Christ. You need to foster that and you need to be diligent in it. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And I would I would add to those concerns from Roman Catholics, which I really share. Like I share, I think it is a deep problem and abiding problem with Protestantism um, that is only increased with the kind of uh, industrial age and the you know technology revolution. The TikTok we, pastors. Sure, I mean you we. We it's, we have we are so far gone from the age where I just go to the nearest church in my denomination. We pick and choose, right? Whatever is best, whatever offers the best menu of options mm-hmm. for me and my worship experience, right? Mm-hmm. But th- but see, this is the thing: we tend now to talk about church as a what, well. What are you, what are you going to do for me? What what can you yeah. give for me? Um, what, can you can you do these all these things? Can you all these things on my list? Can you tick them off? Um, and I think a lot of that stems from kind of, it's not inherent to Protestantism, but it has come out of Protestant culture mm-hmm. uh, in the West, which I think is is actually bad. So as Protestants, we need to actively work against that, yeah. as you're saying, by doing things in community, reading the Bible in community, being active participants in the life of the church. Uh, these sorts of things are, are good and we should fight for them. Uh, but reversing a little bit on Roman Catholics, uh, I would say certainly that is an issue, but then I think the bigger issue is when, if if a problem is making every man or woman king mm-hmm. in their interpretation of yeah. those scriptures, which is the kind of way you can take, if you take Protestants it kind of all the way to its yeah. end, right? Like that's kind of that one mm-hmm. uh, kind of radical side. Then if you take the the Roman Catholic position where the an arbiter of what is sound doctrine and right teaching is the Pope. Yeah, uh, that leads you to all other kinds mm-hmm. of problems. One, uh, even I mean, right now, if you read Roman Catholic writers, there's a lot of, you know, unease with Pope Francis and mm-hmm. various moves he's he's made in the last years. Uh, of people like I don't know, do I disagree with? But and, mm-hmm. and there's also a difference in, in Pope as he's speaking kind of in his position of author- theological mm-hmm. authority and the Pope just speaking things. There is a difference within Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But he said things that veered toward this kind of, yeah, this is kind of like theological doctrine and lots of people can disagree. And so there's a lot some of- Some people don't like that he's cooking. Some people don't like that he's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, and then, and but then what? If you're a Roman Catholic, what do you do, right? Then that, that's a, that's kind of an existential uh, thing as you think about it. And part of what it leads to is, which I think is a fairly common thing in the Roman Catholic Church, where the people in the pews are radic- have radically different things they believe than than the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, right, if you think of, like, I, I, I think of, like, Roman Catholic politicians and the issue of abortion. Yeah. Right? Roman Catholic politicians, if you're a Democrat, you are in favor of having abortion be legal in the United States, mm-hmm. while the Roman Catholic Church says, institutionally, like no, and they would withhold communion from you if you're in that position. But it's not always the case, and like mm-hmm. probably most people in the pews, Catholic, Roman Catholic pews, agree with those politicians. It's, it's so it's a tricky yeah. thing when you get to this. Uh, one person says what goes. What happens if you disagree? Then you either just then it's an existential dread, mm-hmm. or you just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, neither of which is good. And so that for me is the the. The rub with Roman mm-hmm. Catholicism. I think there's a lot of attractive elements to it. I love the, like I said, Roman Catholic teaching on doctrine of God is, is honestly better than a lot of Protestant discussions. Mm-hmm. I would rather, 
be with Roman Catholics who know their doctrine of God as the Roman Catholics believe it than with be with around uh, other Protestants mm-hmm. who we may agree on various other things, but they are so wishy-washy on who God is and who mm-hmm. Jesus is. That that's not that's not Christianity to me. So I I admire that about Roman Catholics. I admire the tradition as someone who kind of loves history, tradition, mm-hmm. liturgy, liturgical elements of the church. I I find a lot of that very attractive. The Pope is honestly the big, huge. There's a lot of other the- theological differences I have, but like the Pope is the fact that at one point in time there were actually three popes. Yeah, historically, which is true. Mm-hmm. You can look that up. There were at one point three popes because of various disagreements. Yeah, like that to me kind of disproves. Yeah, the idea of an office of the Pope. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I think both sides of, of the Roman Catholic Protestant split. And there are other splits too. There's splits within Protestantism, yeah. and, and as you mentioned, Eastern Orthodox. So both can have their tendencies on, on one way or the other. And I happen to believe that though the the Protestant ills are real, and and what Rome, a Roman Catholic would say about Protestantism, we should really confront mm-hmm. that and reckon with it. Um, I think that brings us closer to what the Scriptures have to say. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, you know, um, I think uh, as I was coming out of uh, Catholic school and stuff like that, I was a little harsher on the Catholic Church in mm. a lot of ways because I think there's a lot of ways that when I became uh, more devout in my faith and actually were pursuing Jesus, I saw all the things in my school that I was like, yeah, they didn't really they didn't really teach me how to love Jesus. They taught, mm. taught me about who he was, um, which are great things to yeah. know to love Jesus, but um, it didn't really have the relationship aspect. So I've, I've definitely been harsher, but as I've, you know, kind of gotten deeper into, you know, the, theology and just knowing more about Catholicism and different things, there's things I appreciate a lot. Well, developing that theme a little bit, I like the way you put that. How, and this is, I think this is still within this topic, but it, it moves it moves it a little bit, I think. How can we, if if the Roman Catholic thing, is, as you've put it, is really good on like teaching and mm-hmm. knowing about God, but but not having this experience of knowing God over the relationship. While a Protestant weakness might be, we're all about the relationship, but we don't know much about mm-hmm. God. How do we how do we fix that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, really what we have to see is- Really, let's unite the church right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's just fix everything yeah. right now. Um, I think really it, it comes down to one, uh, it, a lot of your learning has to come outside of like, you know, I learned everything Catholic school or you learn, you know, the different ways that they teach comes at home. I mean, your, your family has to really be teaching you. Um, you know, we're called to make disciples of all nations that, that starts in your home. If you have kids, you have all those things, Mm. you know, you start there, start a relationship there. Um, but there can be supplemental things about knowing who God is through teaching. I don't think like I had theology classes in school and they were interesting at you know some points. Like, uh, you know, as a as a teenager, at some points you're like, I really don't care. But there are certain things that I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting. And you have to find, yeah. you know, that really depends on the teacher because, as a teacher, you really find what's interesting and you you grasp the, the student's mind, right? Mm. But I think by putting the responsibility back upon the family, of it is your job to to foster that relationship, um, and putting that responsibility on them. But the education piece of knowing a lot of the other things, you actually can able able to supplement that of where, you know, 
now I have a, a, an awesome relationship with Jesus and I enjoy going to classes and different reading different books and stuff that are about just learning. And I enjoy that more because I have a relationship, but that relationship didn't come from the classroom. It came from a relationship out of community. Yeah. And so if you're able to foster that community relationship to where now you get to actually meet Jesus, you don't just know about him, right? It's like talking about, you know, Tony, if I'm telling someone about Tony and I'm like, yeah, you know, he's this, he's got blonde hair, he's got kids, he's got all these things. And someone might ask, and be like, do you know Tony? He's like, yeah, I know Tony, right? But you haven't met him. Like, that's the reality. Yeah. But when you actually meet Tony, you know, you meet Jesus, you actually have a fuller understanding and actually have a relationship with him. Um, but having someone to tell you more about Tony, you know, more about Jesus of like, hey, actually, I had this interaction with him and this is the reality or this is where he grew up. This is where, you know, you actually get a fuller understanding of who he is, but you still have a relationship and know who he is based off personal interaction. Yeah. So that's where I think. I appreciate you passing up all kinds of opportunities to make yeah. fun of me right there. I, yeah, that was that was my appreciate it. God I, right I, I love the restraint. Yeah, it's great. I'm working on my self discipline and my self control. So that's <laughs> that's why I refused. But yeah, like you can you can really find like it really has to start in community and start in those relationships of at home, at friends. You know those different things of where when we can really have a community similar to the early church, where it wasn't just like you know we had this centralized thing and everything. It was. House churches of people coming together who loved each other, loved one another, and told them about Jesus and actually had them have encounters with Jesus of where they learned who he was through personal interaction, but also through teaching anointed by elders, by the apostles that were like, okay, you've met Jesus. That's awesome. Now we're going to give you some of the other information that you need to know of where I think that's really the reality of, you know, if you bring it back to the home of where it's your responsibility as parents, as friends, you know, as neighbors to actually let your neighbors meet Jesus, then institutions can be raised up to where now they actually give the the supplemental information of having more solid ground to stand on based off of head knowledge. Mm-hmm. But if you're not fostering that, that heart knowledge, uh, the head knowledge just takes over and you're like, well, why do I need to meet Jesus? I already know everything about him. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think, yeah, church is... One, maybe I'll put it all together, two hours a week. Not a lot for the rest of the week. We're being discipled in all kinds of different directions all the time. So yeah, it requires more than just attendance at church, which is sometimes even hard for some some folks, right? To to be diligent in that. So yeah, the encouragement is make active Sunday attendance participation important in your life. But then community, as you're saying, I'm so honored and privileged and happy that at East Mountain View East, I I experience that sort of community there. Mm. So that means get involved in the com- communal life of the church. And when I say that, don't don't hear me as saying you need to sign up for for more things or you need to like start serving even more. Maybe you do, but I I mean more just like in normal life. Yeah, right? like be involved in the life of the church. Be at things. Invite people into your home. Go to people's houses when they invite you. Uh, do life with other people in the body of Christ. And it is amazing how encouraging that is. And then on top of that, uh, seek learning. Uh, catechisms are great. Catechesis is great. Reading books is great. Being in small groups where you get to go into the Bible, Bible study is great. Uh, doing stuff on your own, all that with your kids. We do a little catechism with our girls, right? And it's 
it's it's great and uh we follow one that uh tim keller I, i've heard him tell this before um when he was still living r.i.p but uh he was talking about doing the child's catechism and i think we're running up on time so this will be the last mm-hmm. thing i say uh where it's it's uh three basic main initial questions who made you god what else did god make all things why did god make all things for his glory so i do that with our kids uh, and he was doing that, and I guess one of his children, there's children being ba- or babysit, mm-hmm. babysat uh, by somebody, and he was looking out the window, one of them, and a lady goes up to him and says, what are, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? And the question kind of triggered this, and he goes, I'm thinking about how God made all things for his glory. And I guess the lady was like, Jonathan Edwards, right? This mm-hmm. little kid like saying these things like, but really, he was just saying the catechism. So that stuff is really important, yeah. right? That'll, that'll be the stuff your kids think about, and that'll be the stuff that you think about. I think yeah. about that stuff as I do with my kids, and it's incredibly helpful. So there it is. Yeah. Roman Catholics and Protestants together again, right? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, Should, we've you'll, bridged it. You'll uh, you'll read about this in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. We we solved all the if, Wait, do, do you read newspapers? I, I might be the only one who reads newspapers left. Is there uh, anybody left? You know, I, I occasionally pick up a paper. A physical paper? Uh, when they Good get put you. in my put in my mailbox. When they get <laughs> occasionally, you know, and they got some they got some funny stuff in there, and they got oh crossword. <laughs> you know, I keep up to date occasionally. Yeah, you do. But uh, yeah, th- so one of the last things that I want to say is one of the things I really do appreciate about Protestantism, and you know, you can find this a little bit in the Catholic Church, but not. I haven't seen as much, is that the wide diversity of uh, of people and ministries that you get to see. I mean, there is not, and you really, I, as far as I have seen, I don't see this in really any other religion, is how many different ways you can connect people to God, where you see like skateboard ministries, you see like a surf ministry, you see people doing like all these different kind of ministries, which is people coming together with the understanding of whatever passion the Lord has put on their heart is a way to connect with him. And we're going to connect other people that have that same passion to where we channel that to actually following Jesus. And I feel like I see that majority in Protestantism. And I see that just out of the uniqueness of who God has made us. We are able to use that as leverage to bring people back to Christ. And obviously within all those things, you need to have you know, good theology, you need to have an understanding of God and all those things. And if you are earnestly seeking the Lord, you should be looking for those things anyway. But I think there is just a, a great uniqueness in that of all the diversity that God has made coming together in their own unique ways to, to celebrate him, to praise him, and to give him glory. And I think that's one of the, the amazing ways, and you get to do that through Protestantism and taking that responsibility on yourself. And so... You're here. I think that's one of the great things. And so um, we may not have uh, bridged and unified oh. the church in, in our, our podcast to even know how, how hard yeah. we just tried right there. Next time. Um, but we'll be praying for it. You yeah. know? And that's a good thing to be praying for is okay. that we're going to see the body of believers, the whole body, uh, come together. Because at the end of the day, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be every tribe, nation, and tongue that's worshiping him, giving him glory. And you're going to see brothers and sisters from different denominations, different areas that all know Jesus really well. Um, and you're going to love them 
And if you don't love those people in heaven, it's going to be uncomfortable <laughs> and you're probably not invited <laughs> because uh, Jesus is asking you to do those things. He's asking you to love your your neighbors that you disagree with and your enemies. So um, really, this is why we've chosen Protestantism, but we encourage you just to love to love Jesus. And Jesus is going to show you um, really who he is. He'll show you Protestantism. He'll show you Protestantism. But He's really going to show you who he is, and that's the most important thing is who Jesus is, the true, absolute, honest Jesus. And so pick up your Bible, pick up your friends, read your Bible, get into community, um, and uh, that would be my encouragement for you. So, Amen. Other than that, we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like and share with your friends. Have a blessed day.